Well, Merry Christmas to all of you. It's so good to have you here, and I know many families have gathered, many friends are here with you, other family members. We welcome you to Hope Church tonight and pray that uh, you will sense God's nearness to you because that's really the heart of the Bible. That's the heart of our God, a God who wants to be near to us. On the cool evening, probably much like an evening like we're going to experience tonight, Outside of Bethlehem on the Judean hillside, the Son of God in the humble setting of a cattle stall, a place, perhaps even a cave, entered into this world. Emmanuel, God with us. Tucked away in the New Testament are a couple of verses that the Apostle Paul wrote to some believers in Galatia. And I just for a few moments want us to think about them. He wrote this, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. The first phrase simply says, when the fullness of time had come. We don't usually talk like that, do we? I never say to my wife, honey, when the fullness of time comes, I'm going to take out the trash. <laughs> it, it, those words don't fit that. See, the reason we don't say that very often is those words are weighted with meaning. They're deep. When the fullness of time had come. We kind of talked about this. Pastor Jeff so beautifully talked about the providential dealings of God yesterday in our services. But what it means is simply this. God oversaw and was working through all the circumstances of world and human history so that at just the right moment in time, Jesus Christ was born. Aren't you glad someone's in control? I mean, this, off, this world that we live in often seems like it's out of control. It really does. There are tensions between nations and peoples of the world, wars that cause undue suffering. We face illnesses, problems. We lose loved ones. And sometimes it just feels like my life's out of control. But when the fullness of time had come, speaks to us of the fact that God is working. And he has a plan. And his plans include you and I. Because the second phrase says, God sent forth his son. God sent forth his son. Born of a woman. That phrase, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, speaks of the wonder of God's presence with us. Jesus was born into this world. Okay? His origin is not simply from this world. He came into the world. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, it tabernacled. He tabernacled among us. He pitched his tent among us. And we have seen his glory. The second person of the Trinity, eternal, left the glories of heaven and took on human flesh. God sent forth his son. But he also was born of a woman. Jesus Christ will forever be the infinite God-man. 
The next phrase says, he was born under the law. He was born under the law. What that means is Jesus in his humanity came to fulfill every righteous requirement that God laid out in his law. He came to live underneath that law and live it out perfectly. Do you remember when Jesus was on earth, he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but what did he come to do? He came to fulfill the law. Where you and I could not keep the Ten Commandments, Jesus kept them. Where you and I could not keep the command to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, Jesus kept the command. He kept every command. He was born under the law. That's why the Bible sometimes refers to Christ as the second Adam. Adam, the first Adam, disobeyed in the garden. And sin and death entered into this world. But Jesus came as the second Adam. (laughs) To succeed where Adam had failed. And that's why the Bible says, as in Adam, everyone will die. But in Christ, anyone who believes in Christ, they shall be made alive. The phrase, the next phrase says that he, he came to redeem those who were under the law. You see, the Bible says that Jesus was on a mission. That's why he came. He came to redeem. To redeem means to purchase back with a price. Now you might say, wait a minute, <laughs> purchase best back from what? What are you talking about? Purchases, redeem. What does that mean? It means that Jesus came to pay the purchase price for the debt that has accumulated in our sin accounts. All of us, when we sin against God, we've incurred a debt against him. And we owe him our lives. But we are under the law. You see, we're required to keep all those laws, but none of us have done it. None of us have done it. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. And so Jesus has come to save sinners. Perhaps the greatest evidence of my sinfulness and yours and the world's is that we are so reluctant to admit it. Some of you may remember the show called Intervention. I'm not sure if it's still on TV, but the premise is simply that uh, family members try to convince someone in their family uh, they have an intervention where they're trying to convince them to get into rehab. They're, in, they're addicted to some kind of substance, drugs, alcohol, whatever. I remember seeing a show, and many of them were all the same, but one episode in particular struck me because a man was there, and his family confronted him and said, Oh, please, we love you so much. Please. You need to get into rehab. And you could see him sitting there physically emaciated, that the drugs had wreaked havoc with him, but he insisted he had no problem. Spiritually, we're all like that. The Bible says we've all gone astray. But the message of the Christmas is that Jesus will save his people from their sins. And one more phrase. It says, Jesus came so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus came that we might receive adoption as sons. I'm very touched by those who adopt children. There's been several families, even in here at Hope Church, who have adopted children. And this issue has even become more personal for me 
because my oldest son, Josh, and his wife, Jody, are in the process of adopting uh, internationally. They want to adopt a child from Haiti. So, Lord willing, uh, Linda and I, Mimi and Poppy, will be grandparents again soon. And we don't know who he or she is yet. But it's no surprise to me that God would use the picture of adoption to tell us about his heart for you and I. What are some common characteristics of adoption? First of all, any adoption, it's very evident that there is a need. There's some child or young person who's without a home. Whatever the circumstances that have brought that about, they're separated from the love, the fellowship, the warmth of a family. Secondly, there's someone who has compassion. Someone sees that need. It comes to somebody's mind and heart, says, I can help with that. And they have compassion. Thirdly, that compassion that's in their hearts leads them to act. They get involved. They begin the process. My son and daughter-in-law have found an agency. Some find work through a board or a church or some kind of uh, institution. And they enter a process, and it's very costly. It's costly in time. There's a lot of forms to fill out. There's home studies. There's all kind of financial commitments. There's so much sacrifice that goes into adoption, but it doesn't matter to them because they've seen a need and their hearts have been gripped. And it's made them want to act. And finally, in the adoption process, there is the blessing when a needy child is united with a loving family. And that child then has the legal status of a son or daughter and is a legal heir to all that that family has. Friends, God uses that picture that Jesus came so that we might be adopted as his sons and daughters. He loves you so, so much. We all have a need. God has compassion for us and he sees that need that we have spiritually. And that compassion leads him to act. And he breaks forth in the Judean countryside and sends forth his son into the world. says, I love them so much. I'll send my son so that they can, through him, re receive adoption. And in the greatest act of compassion, Jesus, as a man, offered his sinless life as a payment for our sins upon a cross. And the blessing is this. Jesus offers as a gift the opportunity for any person to be adopted into his eternal family. He wants you in his family. To all who received him, the scripture says, who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called the children of God. I know many of you here tonight have in humility received this gift. Wouldn't it be something, I think that my son and daughter-in-law, they're, they're going to go for a young child, but let's say that child was 10 years old or 12 years old or 13 years old. Wouldn't it be something if somebody said, I, I love you, I want to I provide a home for you, and that person said, no, no, I don't want it. 
I'd rather just remain here. <laughs> but often that's what happens when God gives his offer. He says, I want to adopt you into my family. I love you. I've sent my son. Now receive him. And he's, no, no, I've got it. <laughs> no thanks. I'm doing just fine. If you have never received the gift of eternal life, I point you to Jesus today. He loves you. He wants you adopted in his family. Because God not only desired to send Jesus to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, he wants to send him into all of our hearts today. He wants, that's the mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Bible says. He wants to live inside your heart. See, his presence coming to this world is just the beginning. He wants you and I to enjoy his presence now and forever. And he invites you to receive him and experience that. Sometime in the near future, my son and his wife, Lord willing, will travel to Haiti. They'll probably go there several times, but there'll be a time when they go the last time. And they will receive to themselves our fifth grandchild. And it wouldn't be possible had they not left the states here. Had they not endured the cost and the sacrifice to do so. And so let's remember this Christmas that at great cost, God left the glories of heaven, came to earth, offered his sinless life as a payment for our sins, was raised again from the dead, and even today offers to any person the wonderful, indescribable gift of adoption into his family. <laughs> Receive him by faith. And if you've received him by faith, enjoy the presence of God in your life. Enjoy the presence of God in your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to sing a song here called Noel. But as they're coming, I just want to conclude with some words written by author Max Licato. And he writes this. It all happened in a moment, a most remarkable moment. While the creatures of earth were unaware, divinity arrived. The omnipotent, in one instant, made himself breakable, and he became pierceable. And he who sustains the world with a word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young peasant girl. The hands that first held him were the unmanicured, calloused hands of a sleepy carpenter, and were it not for shepherds, there would have been no reception for him. It all happened in a moment, a most remarkable moment. The Word became flesh. The Son of God, love's pure light, had arrived. And with him came the dawn of redeeming grace. Oh, the wonder of the presence of the Son of God.